Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Sports Complex. Afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the horn. Hour two on the Sports Complex on a Monday afternoon. Text lines open 512-447-3776. If you want to talk some Texas football, send your stuff into Texas football. If you want to talk some Texas basketball, send in what you want to talk about on Texas basketball. If you want to talk some NFL, send what you want to talk about on NFL. We'll get to whatever we can get to. We're going to get to some NFL, though, in this hour. Uh, you know, but if you guys want to keep talking about any of the Texas stuff, please let me know. We're going to get more of your texts. I'm going to read some more of your texts before we get to the NFL. Let me know, too. Do you want to get the big, good game or the bad game? Good game or the bad game? I'm curious who you think, who, who you were mad at after that that Cowboys game. Send that one in, too. 512-447-3776. All that stuff right here on Hour 2 of the Sports Complex. Plus, I'm going to play you some sound from Hook Em Up with E and Rod B as well. But let's get going here on Hour 2. Uh, getting back to the text line, 512-447-3776. I honestly, I try to get to every single person on here and read all your texts uh, because uh, you guys really make the show go. Uh, we get this one, uh, kick the field goal or punt the ball on fourth down. Sark always has something to prove. That game would not have even went to, into overtime. They kicked the field goal and didn't turn the ball over in downs and allow K-State to score. I Look, I'm tol- I've told you before, I'm, I'm all for. I'm all for field goals right now. At the beginning of the season, I might have been more with Sark. I don't want to see us go for it on fourth down. In, in like You're going to have to really sell me on it in the next two games. Now, if we don't do it for two games and you wanted to bring it back out against Tech, I'm a little bit more okay with it. But for TCU, for Iowa State, I don't want to see it. I want to see field goals. Auburn has looked good. I mean, he struggled a little bit early in the season, but he's looked pretty good since we've got him going uh, now. Uh, we get a text that says Malik on the question of the big fat poll of the day. Who would you prefer to start at QB against TCU? Well, uh, not 100% Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, or Arch Manning. Another Malik vote there. Most people are on board with Malik. Malik Murphy is okay now until Quinn Ewers comes back. Arch should come in a little. I agree. I'd like to see Arch start coming in uh, a little bit more. Coach Slicky, why won't Coach Steven kick the field goal? I don't know. I, I mean, I do know, which is. He all offseason talked to people that told him that the analytics and that everything should tell you you should go for it, and if a, a good team will get that. And I, I know it's it's offseason stuff because he didn't do it like at this rate last year. So in the offseason, he had conversations with some people, and it was put into his head that this will work and you should be able to do this. And if you're averaging this many yards and all the book and everything else was you need to go for it. And so it is still a gut feeling, but that's the thing. is His gut feeling is just go for it. But he needs to change that gut feeling. Uh, not Arch. I think you start Malik and script his plays. He's better when the plays are scripted and he knows what the plays are. That was a stat I gave out a little bit ago. Uh, you can't script the whole game, of course. You uh, you know you're gonna have to flow with it. You're gonna have to start making some some changes uh, as you go. Murphy was 11 for 15, 73 percent before his first interception on mostly the, the the script plays. There may have been script plays after it. There may have been script plays before or ended before it. I don't know. 
I can't tell you exactly when the script ended. Uh, but he was 11-15 before that. He was 8 for 21, 38% after that first interception. When things started to snowball, it just kept getting worse and worse. There was some not-called PIs that could have been called in there. There was you know, Jonte Cook falling over in there. Uh, so you can't say it was all his fault, but it there was definitely some that were his fault in that 8 for 21 uh, after that first interception once he got off. So I do agree with you. You really need to practice a lot more plays that you might call in this game. You can't practice everything a ton, but you need to give him different looks against a three high, three down. Do more in the scrimmaging, more to give him a look at it so it's not the first time he's seeing those plays against the defense that he's going to be facing that week. If I'm going to start him, but that's also difficult because if Quinn is going to come back to practice, and Sark said today that uh, everyone is back at practice, which means Quinn is back at practice, which means Quinn's getting reps, and it means you have to give Arch reps because Arch may have to come in. Blink Murphy struggles again, and Malik's getting reps. You may not have enough reps to give to everybody, but you know that's what you're going to be facing. Uh, we get Quinn. Uh, Quinn, if he can go, Malik Murphy, if he has to, but they struggle, they might as well give Arch some playing time. It won't burn his red shirt. I agree. I don't think Arch is going to be here five years, so I'm not too worried about the red shirt. Uh, that it seems it seems lofty to care about the red shirt on somebody that you just don't assume he will be here five years. Uh, we get the Major James Keenan from Tool. Yes, he is the West Point. We're playing music all week uh, from veterans. So yes, we have that. Appreciate that. Uh, thank goodness the Kansas State coach got desperate and panicked. Otherwise, that game probably would have ended differently. There is something to be said. Uh, now that's kind of a standard call at that point. Uh, that's pretty standard to have the call of. You're on the road. You're the underdog. You you feel like the that momentum is going your way, but it might shift if you're not able to get it. You sh- you go for it to get the touchdown and win the game. Uh, that's happened to Texas, and they've lost multiple times. So, you, you know that's a pretty standard call in that. I'm not saying it's the right call. I think if you do stretch it out, you do get the chance though for Texas being the better team, the more talented team, to then come back and get you. You know that they're. You know, if you're saying the law of averages and turnovers and that there's fumbles that you didn't, you know, that you fumbled and they, you know, you you didn't recover. I, I think the law of averages would tell you that you're probably going to push your luck by keep going. But, you know, it is a true statement. Uh, bad phone jam. Remember, bad phone jam told him Malik Murphy has a bad habit of throwing off his back foot. I saw that Baylor pregame. He does. He does. And it's footwork. It's just it's all around footwork. But yeah, he does have a bad problem with throwing off his back foot, which is what I say. It's that's what a really good player, and there's certain players who can get away with it, that not being perfectly on. Malik Murphy's not at that level, at least not yet, where he can get away with that kind of stuff, and it's costing him. And he just needs to focus. And I get the confidence, I get all that, and I get it, but it's hard to have that. It's hard to have that attitude and then not produce. And part of that is you're just. You're, you're thinking, oh, my arm talent, my arm talent. You go, yeah, it's body talent. It's everything. And you get away from your fundamentals. And, and so that's something that they just need to really work on this week. Uh, get my cousin Jay Wood involved. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Jay Wood, I'd love to see him more involved. Uh, the, the, it, now, the reality was at the end of that game, Blake Murphy wasn't hitting five yards, six yards passes. He was throwing behind everybody, so I don't know if it mattered too much. Uh, on the way to the basketball game, think we cover. I don't know what the spread is. I know it was pretty high. Uh, if you text her, if you ask about if we can cover, send me what the point spread is. I have not looked at the point spread for that game. Uh, but that is uh, – and Quinn did it last year too. I agree with you, text her, uh, that he did 
uh, the texter last year, did, or Quinn Ewers did uh, have bad footwork, and it took an offseason. So I don't expect Malik Murphy to fix it between these two weeks, being a backup quarterback, sharing reps with two other quarterbacks. All that being said, let's get into some NFL talk because there was two big games. Uh, I'll start off with the good part because we don't have too much to too much of a take on the Texans game. Uh, Texans come back. It was a great game. Late game comeback. C.J. Stroud once again proved that he is, or once again showed. I don't want to say proved. It is too early to say he's proved anything. He's once again showed at the level that he can play at. Uh, and one of those guys that is a gamer and wants to be in the game when it matters the most. Him and Tank Dell have a great connection. C.J. Stroud, 147.8 passer rating. It's the highest ever for a rookie. 470 passing yards, highest for a rookie. That's with Damian Pierce out. That's with the running game really struggling. He is going 31.5 is the spread. I would not take that. They could do it. I would not bet a 31.5-point spread. Uh, personally, I would not bet a 31.5-point spread. They should win by 31, but I would not bet it, personally. But they should. They should. That's a lot of points. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it, Dexter. Uh, let's go. But... Uh, the injuries continue for Texans, so even though they get the great win, C.J. Stroud looks great. Uh, Hassan Ridgeway gets hurt in the game. He is the torn Achilles. He's going to be done for the season. And then if you didn't watch the game and didn't see it, Kaimi Fairbairn, uh, their kicker gets hurt. They have an Australian rules rugby player as their punter, so he's not ready to kick. So they basically don't have a backup kicker on this roster. The guy, that's, uh, the guy who's doing it is Dare Aguinabole. Ogwin Boale. Ogwin Boale. I can say it. Get, bear with me. I'm stuffed up. I'm working through it. <laughs> I should have been screaming his name on uh, Sunday. But he comes in. He's a backup running back. Crazy enough, if Damian Pierce is active, he may not even be on the active roster, so we don't know who kicks. He ends up making a big field goal, which the crowd goes nuts for. Uh, he makes a. They get a unsportsmanlike conduct at one point, so he has a big kickoff. He's able to do it from the 50 and get out through the back of the end zone. Makes a big difference not having a kicker. It's one of those crazy Texans games with the injuries they have having. Uh, but they get the big win that they needed to have over the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers' troubles uh, are continuing to go. They did look better offensively. I don't know how much of that was the injuries on the defense for the Texans. But Baker Mayfield looked okay. Uh, the running game looked as good. Rashad White looked as good as he's looked this season uh, for the Buccaneers. But the Texans do win 39-37. to However... Let's get to the game about the Cowboys. I'm sorry. I keep coughing. I'm trying to get through the day. We're, we've got, you've got 45 more minutes with me, guys. Bear with me. Cowboys lose the game to the Eagles. People really want to, you know, I haven't seen a ton of hate on Dak today. I don't know who, you, who your opinion is. Send me on the text line. Who you, uh, your opinion, the problems with Dallas lies on, or if it was just, you know, I, we saw the main thing. It was a game of inches. Game inches, man. Oh, a couple of plays go our way, which is real Dallas talk, which is real. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll play for the Super Bowl next year. Cowboys, Dak Prescott has 374 yards, three touchdowns, 63% passing, uh, 63% accuracy, but he does take five sacks for 41 yards. The numbers that I've seen about Terrence Steele and how many uh, pressures he's given up this year are is mind-numbing, 12 pressures in that game, including a huge sack late in that game. It is a game, and just there is a lot. You know, you, you there was plays that were good. There were plays bad. You had a chance. The Eagles tried to give the game to you. The, the refs, I thought there was way too much uh, tight officiating in this game for a rivalry game. They were hitting hard. They were going to go hard. Both teams were doing it. 
Uh, I just thought there was way too many penalties called on both sides of the football when you know this is the rivalry, when you know you're playing in Philly and it's Philly Cowboys and it's this huge uh, rivalry. I don't like to see all the flags. And if you're going to call them, call them everything early and try and stop it. But you can't allow it to keep happening and you just keep calling it. I, I thought it was a poorly officiated game just on that aspect. Not one way or the other. Just It made the game less enjoyable. However... For me, and the thing I haven't heard talked about a ton, but it was a thing that I saw there, and it's a thing that I saw after, and maybe it's because I just don't really like Mike McCarthy. How do you not have the play calls in? In time, at the in the red zone, when you have Philadelphia on their heels, and they're toppling over, and you're trying to get down, and you're moving the ball right down the field, and anything you want, you're getting. And then you start to take too long to get the play call in. And Dak gets the line of scrimmage with like eight, seven, eight seconds left before the play clock. And then he looks and sees a bad call. And so he's calling to kill and you get a false start. If you got the play out earlier and you could be a little bit more relaxed, you get to the line and then you decide you probably don't get that false start. But you get the false start because you were late getting the play call in or Dak's late relaying it or the team's not up. Whatever it is, the coach needs to make sure that's happening, making sure it's the line of scrimmage with over 10 seconds left on that play clock. They get a delay of game after that. That's 10 yards on a red zone on a play that's huge. I get the sack is big. I get that you can't allow that, Dak. That is, that's A, number one. You got to teach that. Dak knows that. You can't allow that sack there. I know he got, it was it was a bad play because Terrence Steele just basically barely touched a rusher coming on the edge. But if you're Mike McCarthy, how, again, are you going to lose a big game because you have zero like zero urgency in your game. Because you have zero importance on the clock. And you just kind of march down the, doing your own, okay, well, we'll figure it out and we'll do it. And you know what? I don't know what play And it's one thing if you have an offensive play caller and then you are vetoing the play or you're making a decision. You have to – and so there's a multiple change of command. You're the head coach. You're the play caller. Get the play in. It's the most important thing so that they can get to line and see if the play's even going to work because Dak's going to step up, and if he called a play and the defense knows what you're calling and there's six seconds left, they have to run a play that will not work because you got the play in too late. It's unacceptable coaching, and it's the reason why the Cowboys can say we're 5-3, and three, but you have, you've beaten one team above 500, and that was a team that just lost their quarterback for the season the week before you beat them. The four and three Jets who are playing the night against the Chargers. That team, the four and three Jets, is the only team above 500 you beat. And you lost to a team whose only loss, whose only win is you. You are a bad team this year. And the fact that you can continue to go out and you found CD Lamb and you've gone there, you found all this stuff. But the same way we talked about Texas having the, the ability to win the close ones. With the same way we talked about Texas, at least having a culture that's winning games, Mike McCarthy doesn't have that culture in Dallas right now. And if I'm Jerry Jones, again, I get it. You can't fire Mike McCarthy. I take away his play calling duties immediately. I'd be done with that, and I go, "You're, you're look, you suck at play calling. At least in the stretch, you have no, you have no urgency. So I, I have to take this away, or I'm going to take away the reins from you in the last two minutes and get another and get Schottenheimer, somebody else to run in the last two minutes because you can't do it anymore. You are too bad at this in the last three or four minutes of game. You've cost us important games before. And I can't believe that anybody feels this team is going to do anything. This is a team that may not make the playoffs at this point. 
Now, I thought they'd be a 12-win team, but the, the teams they've beaten aren't any good. Like, you, you're not beating good teams. You're, you're, you know, you get, I mean, we recovered against the Rams. The Rams suck. They have not played well all season. I don't, I don't know what to think about this Dallas team because you did what I said. You said throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb, and man, it's worked. But now you can't get Tony Pollard involved. And we all told you you need to run the running back, and you decided not to get one because you like your guys. So you don't have a running back, and now you have no running game because Tony Pollard is tired or beat up or the offensive line isn't working. I don't know what it is, but Tony Pollard's not getting involved. So maybe that's play calling too. If it's not play calling, it's scheme, it's something. Tony Pollard's not there. Without CeeDee Lamb, this team is not good. You had the people to be decent. You had the talent around you. You threw, t- t- what, two passes to Brandon Cooks, who you traded for? You I, Like, there's pieces on this team, and I don't get why Mike McCarthy is getting a pass right now when, once again, to me, this is a ridiculous, ridiculous unacceptable thing to not have play calls in in the last two minutes of a game when you know you're on national TV, when you know it is a game that could change your season, and you laissez-faire walk down the side, ah, you know what, Dad, get the – all right, put him out there. With, with seven seconds, he's getting a line of scrimmage? And that's on him? Fine, Dak Prescott's – then you got to yell at Dak Prescott to get to the line. I want to see some urgency. You got to show some urgency, man. You got to show some urgency. We got to take a break. We come back. I'm going to calm down because I'm still coughing. We're going to calm down. We're going to play some sound. We'll come up. We'll get some more of your texts. 512 447 3776 right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. She gets too hungry for dinner at eight. I'm starving. She loves the theater, but she never comes late. I never bother. Back in the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Keeping it in the show, rolling along, reading your text, 512-447-3776. We're going to play some sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie, weekday morning 6 to 11, right here on the Horn. We'll play that, playing songs of men who served, or men and women who served. Thanks, uh, salute to everybody for Veterans Day. I'll be playing that. Some Tony Bennett there for you. It's a, it's a crazy war record, actually, for Tony Bennett, but uh, one of the greats there. Uh, let's get back to text time. 512-447-3776. Was proud of the fans for the noise we made Saturday. I think that that was the loudest I've game I've ever heard at DKR, even more so than the UH game some years ago and more than Alabama game last year. I just wish I didn't see the empty seats that I'm seeing. Come on, horns, show up. If you're talking about that end zone, the end zone seats, I didn't even fix that problem, but everybody just goes down on the field and everybody goes in the house in the clubhouse. They didn't figure out a way to make that not look so bad. 
because uh, just it looks I and mean, again everybody's trying to get down on the field and they it just looks weird. But I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh Sark mentioned it and Sark mentioned about the fans in the game and how they infected it. So uh very cool thing that Texas fans are believing in the season. He's given something to believe about it. It is eight one team. You know, this team is doing well. They're they're in the rankings. They're number seven. They're a top ten team. How when's the last time we cared about football when basketball started? It's been a few years. So it's good to see. Uh, you catch the snarky, the snarky Sark comments uh, on some of the no calls from the refs. Yes, I did play them. I played them earlier, actually, uh, on the no calls. I didn't play the Xavier Worthy sound. We may play that later in the week. Uh, but yes, he did. He was uh, he was trying to dance around it without saying anything else. That's from Brandon. And uh, uh, do you see the Cowboys going O-line or RB early next draft? I would say uh, O-line because that's just kind of the MO for for Jerry Jones, I would assume it would be O-line, but you know, it could be defense depending on what happens. If Dan Quinn is the head coach next season, then it may, may be defense, but we will see. Uh, but I, yeah, with Terrence Steele, they definitely need to address uh, the right tackle issue that they're having right now. He is he is not cutting it right now. He, he looked like there was going to be a point where he could. Uh, Tyler Smith is working out pretty well, uh, but Terrence Steele has not been working out well. Phil the Thrill says, Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Coach McCarthy coming into the season say Dallas was going to be more of a power running team? Man, that has that ship sailed. Why did they not go for Derrick Henry before the trade deadline expired? Uh, I don't think he said power running. He did say running team, though. He said they were going to run the ball more. Uh, they're not because it's not working, and he seems to completely have gotten away from it, which is it also c- goes to show you that he clearly wasn't paying enough attention to what Kellen Moore was doing and the results of it last year. If he's running into these same exact problems that Kellen Moore had last season, then, I mean, what was he doing last season? I don't know. But again, I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan, so I'm one-sided one way. Uh, I'll give you that, you know, I've gone into the season not liking the coach, and it has continued uh, in games like this. And and for Cowboys fans who say, you know, you're going to make the playoffs, you'll be fine. You have a stretch near the end of the season. Seahawks, Eagles, uh, Bills, Dolphins, and Lions. That is not going to be an easy run. And that is where the season go very off the rails for the Cowboys. And, and, and you may make a wild card spot because there's a lot more of them now. But if you lose any one of those games against – if you lose against the Giants, Panthers, or Commanders before that stretch, that's really bad. You need to win your next three games. Like, there is no – there's no maybe about it. You need to win your next three games if you're the Cowboys. Uh, you are word salad – Word salad boy tonight. Your bag on McCarthy. You bag on McCarthy, and you can't even get a full sentence out of your mouth. Appreciate you listening. I don't know why you're being negative on the text line. You can be though. Five one two four four seven three seven seven six. I apologize for my voice as well. Uh, dealing with a little bit of uh, uh, some some congestion, we'll say. So I apologize if uh, I'm having to take some breaks to cough. Uh, but I'm trying to get through the show. I don't have anybody else to fill in for me, so I am. Getting through the show for you tonight, but I apologize uh, if it is uh, if it is too much for you. You got to change the station. We appreciate you listening. Uh, this one says they'll make the playoffs. Just need to figure out the run game. Do you have any? Do you have belief that they're going to figure out the run game? They got three games to do it, and then you start playing those tougher teams, and it's going to be a lot harder to figure out. Do you, Do you have a belief that oh they'll figure out the run game? Mike McCarthy is a offensive genius. He'll figure it out. Doug Prescott will be able to throw the. I, I don't. I mean, right now you found throw the ball to Ceedee Lamb. You found that works because you couldn't figure out the pass game either, and then you were running the ball a little bit more. But now you figure out throw the ball to Ceedee Lamb, which you should have known going into the season. You throw the ball to your most talented player. 
Uh, Chan says the fans should chan- kick the ball for fourth down series if they weren't up by five TDs with less than six minutes in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I Look, it was funny listening to the crowd reactions when it would get to fourth down, and you could tell the crowd was split of people that were like, why are we kicking? And people, when they were going for it, like, dude, don't go. Why are we going for it? It was interesting here because normally you hear the crowd really excited when people go for it on fourth down. Texas did not feel that way. Uh, I want to play you some sound from Hook 'em Up this morning with uh, E and Rob B. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on the horn. Uh, Rod had some good stats about what this defense was able to do against Kansas State. Some positivity for you about this game that I know went to uh, overtime. I know uh, it was not the way we wanted it, but here is E and Rob B. Giving you a little bit of positives and maybe some reality in this as well. All right, welcome back. Let's get to some Texas football discussion. Uh, before we um, talk about the Texas defense, and we're going to hear from Byron Murphy, uh, Corey Mose, who does a great job for KVU. Um, and actually, I believe my man Chip Brown was the one asking the question, but he's the <laughs> he's the one that put out the audio um, via Twitter of Byron Murphy and them asking him essentially what was the message that Texas defense was trying to send in that game. Uh, here's the stat that just blew me away when I saw it. And shout out to Hook'em Headlines because they're the, ones I, the first ones I saw with it. I mean, I went back and looked at it and turns out, yeah, no, it's true. The, uh, the Texas defense held the K-State Wildcats to the fewest rushing yards since 2014. K-State. Uh, that is a mind-blowing stat for somebody who, you know, played K-State teams, and <laughs> they're a hard team to stop from running the football because they're a hard-nosed, blue-collar, physical football team. you got to be more physical than K-State. Texas was more physical than K-State when you look at that, the way the Texas defense matched up against that offense, and that was a top-five rushing offense that decided to abandon the running game at one point and just totally going to empty formations and start throwing the football. Um, even Avery Johnson, who was the kind of added element in the run game for them, the other dual-threat quarterback. I saw him, I think, one drive. Was it more than one drive? I think yeah, it was one drive. Yeah, he was in there a couple times in the first yeah, half. But they, 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 they abandoned that because he, he doesn't throw very well. Yeah, well, how was their best throwing? Well, Texas just overwhelming them up front. I mean, it was a, Bo Davis's group, the linebackers, Jalen Ford. It was a clinic in, in playing, you know, in-the-box defense against a team that wants to punch you in the mouth. They punch them Square in the jaw. I, I knew the Texas rush defense was good. I didn't realize they were that could be that dominant. So, yeah, man. Uh, here is the uh, the sound. Shout out to my man uh, Corey Mose, who uh, at KVU does a great job. Uh, but I believe it's Chip Brown who asked a question. Here is Byron Murphy uh, when he's asked about the message the defense was trying to send to the nation. What kind of message did you all send in not allowing the top rushing offense to run for anything today? Well, the, the message we sent was that we will not, we'll not allow you to run the ball on this. And we, we don't care who you is. We're going to strap up and going to play. You want, hey, you know what? I love it. I love the attitude. I mean, you have to have an identity, which is something that you do as well, if not better than everybody else. The identity of the Texas defense is they take away the run. 
they choked the life out of your run game. And it's still frustrating they, yeah. that they can still get beat with the pass, even though they make teams one-dimensional. But, but that's that's, yeah. that's I mean, a work in progress. Well, you can't, the thing is, it's football, guys. You can't take everything away. Right. You can't. It's just it's football. I know if you were the 85 Bears, you can. 2,000 Ravens can do it. <laughs> I mean, there are not a lot of teams that can take everything away. And well, this year's Ravens not down. bad either, by the way. Uh, this, yeah, <laughs> I got a stat about that, too, actually, for our uh, – <laughs> we get to what the facts. Um, but – yeah, you can't take everything away. As a defensive coordinator, you want to try to take away their strength. If you can take away a team's strength, that's ideal. But for Texas, at least you know how to build your game plan and your identity is, all right, we know we can stop their run. And then you can start, you know, constructing the game plan to really build in fail-safes for your weaknesses. And we know what the weakness of the Texas defense is. If you're a pass-first and when, when K-State became a pass-first team, they made some plays, and honestly, when we had, I had to, we had the conversation, and my theory was, if, you know, to win games, you got to break tendency. And I wondered if they come into the game deciding, you know, what, well, let's just throw it, let's just throw it, let's go. And you, you could argue it probably would have been a better strategy. Not probably, it would have been a better strategy than what they did, well, which was pound their face up against that brick wall. Yeah, if K State had come in with a pass first mindset and then not played that man-to-man defense against the Longhorn receivers to start the game. Yeah. They very well might have won this game. Exactly. Uh, but they didn't, and the Longhorns took advantage of it. They got points on the board early, got Malik Murphy in a groove against easy read man coverage. And just, you know, Donnie Mitchell just outran DBs. And uh, he threw it up, and they went and got it. Uh, but they went away from that. And, again, the, the first interception really led to a spiral for Malik. But the defense – Really never gave in. I mean, there were there were. It they was were frustrating put, they that were after the compromising positions too. Yeah, short fields, short fields. That was it was tough on them. Well, then you were in overtime. Thing like, that's not good. I mean, this is all short field, and the Longhorns aren't good on a short field. Uh, offensively, they're you know. No, yeah, they're bad. <laughs> they're bad on a short. That's that crazy to say. When you said it, I had to let it register. It's like you're right. They're bad on a short field. How is that? They are. They're bad on a short field, which is why overtime. Going back to the climbing decision, I I on my way to the car asked ten different K State fans. All right, I took an unofficial poll. All right, you know, hey, because me and Bobby, we did the uh, the post Garden, game at yeah. Shows Garden. So I I took a little. I saw every K State fan. I saw. I was like, went over and asked them. All right, what do you think of that Chris Kleiman decision? All of them, all of them disagreed with it. They all were like, it was a terrible decision. We don't understand why he did it. I think you extend the game as long as you can against Texas in their red zone offense, which yeah. is 120th in the country. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of touchdown and, and, percentage. And your, your team has shown the ability, as good as the Texas defense is, to score on the short field against them because they gave you the short field after the punt block. They gave you the short field after the two turnovers. It was crazy. You were able to score pretty quickly. Yeah, we'll uh, and it on the first play, he gets loose for 19 yards on the, you know, the, the, their and first that drive was a, of all time. That was a, that was, and that was a busted coverage. It was a busted coverage. I can tell you right now, it was, um, I believe it was Malik Muhammad and David Benda. Because they don't uh, – one of those – I believe it's that one where they it, it's been to there and he just he, – he basically doesn't take the inside cut. It was a nicely drawn-up route, though, but it was a nicely drawn-up route. But I think they were, they were attacking Bender on that I one. just think at that point – and it, look, Kleiman said he never thought twice about it. He said, if we have a chance it, to get a win, let's get out of here. Now, he – yeah, but it was it – was, it was, I think he got on the plane and thought, damn. It was a bad decision. You extend that game. <laughs> you extend that game. You extend that game. Because Texas was melting down. So, you always – Well, gonna, he also maybe didn't – that. He also <laughs> – doesn't maybe doesn't trust his kicker doll that much after he shanked the one. That's very uh, true. And thought, right. well, I can't just rely. I mean, he made well, the one that was important well, to get it overtime, but he missed the remember, one. And they had a bot snap. 
They, they never did. had the one the point, where the extra point. the guy on the shoulder or whatever. Yeah, the extra point. So he might have been, you know, insecure about his special teams. But anyway, hey, hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yo, bad coaching me. Sark outcoached him again. That's three times where he's outcoached uh, Chris Kleiman, who's a damn good coach. Let me throw this out there, too, to give the defense some props. I've been complaining all season long about PK's decision to take Jade Barron off the field <laughs> um, when he's facing power, when uh, Texas faces power personnel packages, 12 personnel, 21 personnel, because he'll take him off the field when they have 40 personnel out there, which is four DBs, and because he, he plays nickel. And usually the nickel is always lined up in the field, and they take him off the field. But instead of taking him off the field, my argument was he's your second, third best defensive player behind Tavondre Sweat and you know, maybe Jalen Ford. Why would you ever take him off the field when he's such an impact player, especially when some of your guys in your secondary, nothing against them, they're good, but they're, they're liabilities in coverage. You put him at safety or you put him at corner, shout out to PK, in overtime, they put him at corner. Jaday Barron was on every snap. And by the way, it, it, and I don't know, and it, during the game, they didn't do it. During the game, I was ready to I put in my notes. I was ready to come in and complain. I talked about it on in-game live broadcast that PK Steele, and they actually, it, even on the interception by Taft, that was one of the plays where they took Jade Barron off the field. Texas is making plays still without him on the field, but it just doesn't make sense to take your best player and your most, one of your most versatile defenders off the field when he can play corner, he can play safety. So I'll give PK a ton of credit. He finally did it in overtime hey, evolution, you got to evolve. I don't care when you make those good coaching decisions, but I just care that he made him. And maybe he was saving it. Maybe he just didn't want to show it to the right time. Or maybe he just figured at that time, hey, man, my defense, I need my best players on the field, and I can't take him off the field. So either way, give PK credit. For the last five plays in overtime, they had Jade Barron at corner in 40%. Good stuff there I'm Rob Babers. Hook him up with Ian Robbie. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn. Uh, we're going to take our last break. Uh, if you guys have any final comments, 512-447-3776. If anybody has not chimed in on who you would start against TCU and not 100% Malik uh, Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, or Arch Manning, send that in as well. Any takes you want, we'll give you an update on if any of these games uh, in the college basketball uh, tip-off for a bunch of teams tipping off college basketball tonight, if any of them are any close there's any games to watch out for, and Texas kicks uh, tips off at 7 p.m. Uh, tonight against Incarnate Word. Let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap things up here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Monday afternoon. Appreciate everybody playing along on the text line all day long. You guys make the show go. I could not do it without the texters. Believe me, me just talking for two hours straight, I don't think is what anybody wants to hear. I want to respond and talk with you guys. They push the conversation forward. I appreciate you guys on the text line. Appreciate the kind words from some of you guys as well. Uh, man, Chan does say, uh, Malik to start uh, for him to lose his starting role. So Chan does not think 
that uh, Malik will be starting uh, against Iowa State. And uh, if Quinn is not 100%, it's got to be Malik. That is, uh, I, I think that's kind of the thought process of most fans. The poll today taught me that. I thought we may have some more arches. No one really seems to be really on the arch bandwagon, at least on our tech line. Uh, and, uh, you know, people are, people are not too upset about the way uh, that Dave Malik Murphy played in the second half. So that's a good sign to see, uh, you know. It, for me, there were some negative signs, but I think a lot of them are fixable. Uh, college basketball tipping off across the country. Texas tips off here in just a few minutes. If you want to watch that game against Incarnate Word, it is on Longhorn Network. As we found out earlier, they're a 31.5-point favorite. Uh, a lot of games that are already happening, like Purdue is up 54-17. to 17. UConn's up by 17. Tennessee's up by 29. Miami's up by 20. Uh, close one, though. North Carolina against Radford. North Carolina only up five at halftime in that one. So you can watch that second half and see how they're doing there. And Missouri State at halftime is up on West Virginia. That is the uh, West Virginia team that has now let go of Bob Huggins. And Bob Huggins is not, is not unhappy about it. Lost a lot of guys. Could be a very rough year for West Virginia basketball this year, and that is not the start you want uh, against Missouri State. Uh, something to note about Texas versus Incarnate Word, I don't know how much playing time he will get. I assume the Incarnate Word coaches will put him in uh, in this game because it is a home game for Texas. It's at the Moody Center. A name you may re- recognize on the Incarnate Word team, a freshman out of Houston named T.J. Ford Jr. T.J. Ford's kid is playing for incarnate word so something to watch in that game something to keep an eye for to see if tj ford jr gets in the game see how he plays you know hey there's somebody if he plays his way up at incarnate word you know i'm sure i'm sure rodney and this texas staff is going to be be given a plenty of game film on on, on tj ford jr if he can work his way up the transfer portal is always there of course tj ford possibly the greatest player uh i, I it's a weird classification of tj ford He's the greatest Longhorn basketball player of all time because of what he was able to do. But you may say Durant was a better player. It's a weird distinction, but TJ Ford, uh, clearly a Longhorn legend in basketball. And uh, so it's to be fun to see if TJ Ford Jr. gets out on the court tonight. Uh, also, just kind of seeing how this Texas team looks. Max Aismas in a Texas jersey. Shedrick in a Texas jersey. Uh, all the new guys. Will be fun to see them in a Texas jersey tonight. I uh, hope you enjoy the game, or if you're watching Monday Night Football, Chargers versus Jets. I got Justin Herbert in the fantasy league, and I just need 40 points. Jets don't have a good defense, right? We're good, right? I'm not going to lose that game, am I? I'm going to lose that game. Uh, we got to get out of here. But Rangers have won the World Series, so they're not playing any more games, which means we're on until Friday. Uh, Vandergriff is in the playoffs versus Lake Travis. We're on until 6.45 on Friday. No more interruptions. 5 to 7 each weekday right here on The Horn. So, until tomorrow, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here on the horn, 5 o'clock with Sports Complex.